السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد الحمد لله we're now in the 19th year of prophethood and the 6th year of hijrah and we're discussing the events and the the letters of the Prophet ﷺ after the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. And recently, the Muslims, they went for uh, Umrah as the vision of the Prophet ﷺ. And they were barred and they were stopped from completing the Umrah by the Quraysh. And the Prophet ﷺ later goes into an area called Hudaybiyah and a treaty and a truce is made between the Muslims and the Quraysh, the Meccans. And there are about seven, six, seven points that are outlined in this treaty, such as for 10 years, there's going to be a truce and a peace between the Muslims and the Quraysh. Anybody that is uh, from the Meccans, from the Quraysh, that goes to Medina, will be returned back to Mecca and anybody that goes from Medina to Mecca will be remaining in Mecca. They won't have to be turned back. And then another thing is um, whenever that whenever uh, any tribe or any uh, people wanted to make an alliance with the Muslims, they were allowed and they were free to make an alliance and uh, allegiance with the Muslims. Similarly, whenever any uh, tribes or any people wanted to make an alliance with the Quraysh, with the Meccans, they were allowed to do so. And so what followed after this is in a essence, a truce and peace that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, He calls it, Inna fatahna laka fatham mubina. Indeed, we have given you a great victory and outwardly, in the apparent sense, this was something that seemed as if it was a defeat um, because of the way the treaty was and the uh, uh, pressuring the Muslims in unfair terms. So the time after this treaty, which is about the 6th, 7th and 8th, you know, these uh, three years, about two and a half years, three years, 
this time was one of those moments in Islam where Islam spread so fast and so vast that Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, I believe, or some uh, other companion, he, he says that Islam didn't spread so vast and so widespread in the 19 years of prophethood as it did in these two years. So this was something that was very great. And as we're going to learn, the Prophet ﷺ took this moment and this uh, opportunity to send his da'wah and his invitation to Islam to all of the neighboring kingdoms. And this was uh, the Prophet ﷺ, he was sent as a messenger for everybody, not just the Arabs. So this was a moment and this was a time that he conveyed his message of uh, uh, the hereafter and worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and being uh, uh, only dedicated to one God, to all of the kingdoms and all of the uh, areas around Ar Arabia. Now, when this happened, the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum, they said, Ya Rasulullah, you cannot send letters to these uh, governors and these uh, uh, emperors unless you yourself have an official seal and you know there's some formalities that go along with it. Oh, so this is the one, this is the moment where the Prophet ﷺ, he makes his, uh, the seal of letters. And this is the famous thing that we see, you know, uh, sometimes it's printed on the rings and uh, uh, we see different images of it where it says Muhammad Rasulullah. And there's different narrations that say, you know, uh, Allah was on the top and Rasul was in the middle and Muhammad was on the bottom. And another one mentions that, you know, uh, on, on the ring, it was... Um, in the normal order, when the Prophet ﷺ would stamp it out of the uh, uh, you know mu'ajiza and the uh, miracle of the Prophet ﷺ, it would come into it as Muhammad Rasulullah. So this was a, a formality that had to be done so that these letters and these uh, invitations can be given to the emperors and governors. Now, there's few letters, about seven or eight letters. Um, they have similarities and they have some differences. And what I want to kind of do is uh, speak about them in their similarities. And then I want to speak about them in their uh, differences that they had. So now if we remember and kind of imagine where Medina is, where Mecca is in the map, the surrounding kingdoms in the north, you have the Persians. And then on the other side, you have the Romans, the Romans, which later on are the Byzantine Empire. On the south, you have Yemen, you have Oman and on the other side, you know, on the other side of the Red Sea, you have the, the, the people of Abyssinia. And from these groups and these kingdoms, the Prophet ﷺ sent a letter to each and every single one of them. So Abyssinia, Bahrain, uh, Madian, Jerusalem, Oman, Yamama, Damascus, and Alexandria. These were just to name uh, uh, the letters that were sent. All of these letters their common thing that was mentioned in them was number one, that the, the core of our deen. What is the core of our deen? That there is no God except Allah and Muhammad Rasulullah is his messenger. That was the core invitation. And on top of that, the Prophet uh, he sent to them that uh, a few advices, meaning if, if it was a, if it, if it was a kingdom that already believed in the, the scriptures, meaning the Ahl Kitab, the Christians, where uh, in the Romans and the Abyssinians, they were Christian rulers. And he would send ayat that would show the commonality between the Muslims and the Christians. And on top of that, 
um, for some of them, you know, they, they, they accepted the message. Some of them, they didn't give a reply. And this, this uh, they didn't give a reply immediately. They gave a reply a few li- years later. And then some of them outright just uh, ripped the letters of the Prophet ﷺ and defied the Prophet ﷺ. And we'll see uh, when we talk about each of those letters, what the outcome was. So starting off with the first uh, um, letter that was given, and again, uh, they're not actually in the you know order of the way that the Prophet ﷺ gave these letters, but we'll just speak about them and their incidents and uh, what happened. So first one, the letter that was given to the Roman Empire. And this is now around in the 5th century. The Roman Empire, which was a huge, huge empire, now splits into two. There's the Western Roman Empire and then there's the Eastern Roman Empire. And Eastern uh, Roman Empire is the one that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He mentions in the Quran, that uh, the, 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 the Roman Empire has uh, uh, fallen. Meaning has been becoming, uh, uh, has become overpowered uh, when they were fighting with the Persians. So this was something that was a glad tidings that the Romans actually beat the Persians uh, because the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum, they considered the Persians who were uh, Zoroastrians, who were fire worshippers to be kind of like similar to their deen and their religion. And the, the Romans were kind of the Christians that were seen as similar as the Muslims because they had a scripture. So when Rome uh, kind of uh, defeated the Persians, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Surah Rum where he says Holy that uh, uh, Rome has out, uh, uh, overpowered the, the Persian Empire. So the Prophet sallallahu sent his letter to the, the Emperor of Rome. And I'll just read some portions of these letters, not all of them. Uh, they're very small letters, you know, about, you can say, Five lines, right? And some of them even took a response to the Prophet ﷺ. So the first letter he says, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, min Muhammad Abdullah wa Rasulihi ila Hiraqal Azim al-Rum. Simple, simple letter, and it says from from Muhammad, the slave of Allah, to Hiraqal, Heracles, the head of the king of Rome. And the Prophet ﷺ starts it off saying, Salamun ala manittaba Peace be upon the ones that take to guidance. And then he continues and he says that, I invite you to Islam and embracing Islam. And if you embrace Islam, you will be safe and your reward will, will, will be with twofold. Meaning because you brought faith in Christianity and then now you're bringing faith in the last deen, the last uh, uh, religion, you're... Reward will be two, uh, twofold. And if you turn down this invitation, then the sin of the people will be on your shoulders. What does that mean? That, that means that the fact that they could have become Muslims, it will become on your shoulders for you not accepting. And the Prophet ﷺ then uh, uh, says that um, he brings the ayat that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that uh, um, come to a simple word, meaning a straight word between uh, the Muslims, between us, that we do not worship anyone but Allah, and that we do not ascribe any partners except uh, uh, unto Allah, and that we don't take any other God, any other Lord other than Allah. And then he says, if you turn away, then be aware that we are Muslims. 
So this is the ayat that he uh, put in his letter and that was given to a companion and he gave it to the Roman em uh, emperor. Now, what's really interesting is, um, you know, when we think about Islam and we think about the spread of Islam, you know, many, many people speak about, you know, how did Islam spread so fast? How did uh, uh, it kind of, uh, you know, like a, like a fire just took over the entire Arabian Peninsula. In the life of the Prophet Wasallam, the entire uh, Arabia was uh, under his control. And then within uh, about 20 years after the Prophet or 30 years after the Prophet Wasallam's death, we see Arabia, kind of the Muslims grew from uh, Arabia all the way till Spain on the, the uh, west side and all the way till Delhi on the east side. So this is very interesting how the Prophet Wasallam's da'wah and invitation was such that he's sending these letters to these great uh, kingdoms. And at that time, one of the two great kingdoms was the Roman uh, uh, Empire and the Persian Empire. And so the Prophet Wasallam directly is uh, um, inviting them to Islam. So now the king of this uh, Roman Empire, the emperor, he's in Bayt al-Muqaddas and he's... Uh, he's a Christian and he's giving thanks for a recent victory that he got over the Persians. And he was given this letter and with the letters, with each letter, the Prophet ﷺ also sent their messengers. So before he gave the letter, he, the messenger, Dehya Kalbi, he spoke to him and he gave him da'wah himself. And he, in a, in a summary, he invites him to Islam and he shows him the commonality between Islam and Christianity. Remember, he's, he's a Christian. The, the Eastern Roman Empire, they, they kind of uh, have their own identity because they're Christians. And so he says that, you know, Isa he used to pray. And he used to uh, bow down to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Musa salam, he used to bow down and he used to pray. And we call, and he's calling him to the same continuation of the deen that is bowing down and uh, 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 worshipping one Allah. So he thinks about this, this emperor thinks about this, and he takes the letter of the Prophet ﷺ, he puts it to his eyes, his head, and he kisses it, and he says, I will ponder over it and I will respond by tomorrow. So at the same time, he wanted to get more information. So he calls anybody that has more information, and at that time, Abu Sufyan, who's the leader of the Quraysh, he's in, uh, uh, he's in Sham, he's in Damascus. And so he calls him and he says, he calls all of them, the entire caravan. And he says, who is the closest amongst you to Muhammad? And Abu Sufyan comes up and he says he is the closest in uh, lineage. And so what he does is he asks him a few questions. And he has the other uh, uh, Quraysh and other people of Arabia sit behind him and he says if he lies then you let me know if he's lying and I will find out so Abu Sufyan he says that if I didn't have this fear of the people behind me belying me saying that they're gonna you know shake their head or they're gonna do something to show that I was lying then I would have uh, said something meaning I would have said something that was not the truth but what does he say the first he says you know he answers a few questions and he says that how is this man's lineage amongst you? And he says that he has a very noble lineage. Nobody else has such a, a, a beautiful and noble lineage. Then he says, were there other kings in his ancestors? And he says, no, there was no other kings. And remember, 
Hiraqal, he was a very uh, uh, smart emperor. So he's, he's actually asking these questions to kind of, uh, 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 there's reasons behind them and there's wisdoms behind why he's asking. Right? So if, if the person was not from a lineage that was uh, noble, then he, you know, he could be trying to do, uh, trying to bring in some kind of name. If he didn't have any kings in his lineage, then maybe he's trying to revive uh, the kingdom of his forefathers. And then he asked, does this uh, person speak any lie before his prophethood? And so he said, no, he, we know him as a trustworthy. He never speaks a, a, a lie. And so this was another question he asked. And what class are, of the people of the followers uh, follow him? Are they rich? Are they the affluent people? Or are they the weak and the poor? So he said, you know, they're the weak and then the poor. And again, he, he kind of uh, showed this reasoning later on that when the people, they're uh, um, sincere and they're devoted, what happens is they're the, the weak and the poor are the first ones to accept and later on, the others start accepting. Another question he asks is, is there anyone from his religion that has denounced his religion? And they said no. And that was another sign that when Iman took place in the hearts of the believers, in the Muslims, it took over and it started growing in their hearts. And they didn't regret anything. So that shows that this was, again, a true word. Um, he says, does he go against his word? Meaning, does he uh, break his truce and his treaties? And he says no. And at this time, Abu Sufyan, he says, the only uh, sentence I can kind of put in is, I have no idea as of right now, if the treaty that we had is broken by him. Meaning he, he didn't know. So he, this is the only sentence of doubt and shuck that he could put in. And then he asked, does he engage in battle? And he says, yes. How was the battle? He's been winning. So he says, uh, uh, Muhammad, he is dominant sometimes and sometimes he's not. And what does he tell you? And then what does he instruct you? And he says he commands them of worshipping Allah, giving uh, uh, charity and not ascribing any uh, idols and uh, partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So again, Hiraqal thinks about this and he says, if, if, if what you're saying is true, then this man is a divine messenger and pretty soon he's going to govern and rule the land that's beneath my feet. And this was something great because even in the scriptures and in the uh, Injil and the Torah, the descriptions of the Prophet ﷺ were given that even the king, he, you know, uh, uh, one report says that he went and he sent for his high priest. And the high priest actually confirmed and said, this is the messenger that we've been waiting for. And this is the man that we've been waiting to believe in. And this is, uh, you know, he said that I will believe in it. You should also uh, support him and believe in him. And later on, what happens is he's not the, the Hiraqal. He says that, you know, tell your friend that I declare that he is a divine messenger. But the fact that my people will assassinate me just the way that, you know, uh, in the past when someone claimed that uh, going against the government and going against the, the people's norm, they assassinated them. He was scared and he had the anxiety. And so he told them he didn't become Muslim, but he says uh, 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 he believes in the Prophet ﷺ, but because out of the fear that the people are going to uh, harm him and do something scared, um, he, 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 couldn't, um, he couldn't openly become a Muslim. And so the... The letter he sends back to the Prophet ﷺ, he also uh, uh, gives 
gives a letter back to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and this is a very interesting and very uh, um, you know one of those letters that is still preserved. And the one one narration mentions that later on, um, maybe uh, two generations later, two three generations later, uh, that letter was preserved and it was shown to the Khalifa of that time and the the governor or Khalifa of that time, and it had. Uh, everything kind of was kind of uh, um, erased except the name of the Prophet So that was one of the letters. Another letter was given to the Kisra, the emperor of uh, Persia. And this again was from a, a very small letter, very short letter, but it was given to him. And when he saw this letter, when this uh, emperor saw the letter, he says, this man has an audacity to write something like this. He's inviting me to uh, embrace Islam where he is my slave. So, you know, he's trying to say that the Prophet ﷺ, who is he to write to him? And so he told the, the, uh, uh, the people, the governor of his to go get this messenger and go get this man from uh, Arabia. So they go. And two men were sent to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and they're they're coming to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam from their kingdoms, and they see this this reverence and this awe that the Sahaba radiallahu taala have with the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and they're you know they're shaking, they're in anxiety, and they're scared. And finally, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam sees this letter that they're uh, they're coming with, and he sees this, and he he tells them that he gives them the da'wah of Islam, and. He says, come back tomorrow. And the next day, they come back tomorrow. And they say that, they tell them, tell your governor that the king of Persia, the one that has told these two men to go get Muhammad, go get the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that his uh, uh, son overthrew him and killed him. And this was something that they didn't know and they were surprised. So they went back to their governor and the governor said, you know, if, if this is true, then this is truly a man of God. And he goes and verifies. And sure enough, the, the emperor of Persia, he was overthrown and killed by his own son. And this was something that was recorded in the books of history that the Prophet ﷺ knew before uh, uh, it, the, even the governor of Persia's uh, governor knew. So those... Uh, uh, people, the governor themselves, they allied themselves with the Muslims and they all embraced Islam. And later on, the next letter that was given was to Najashi, the emperor of uh, Abyssinia. And we spoke about Najashi. He was the same one that gave uh, help to the Muslims in uh, time of their trial and when they were going against the Quraysh. And you know, trying to kind of summarize uh, the letter and everything. The Prophet ﷺ again invited him using the commonalities that were between Islam and uh, uh, Christianity, calling uh, the, uh, him according to the ayat that uh, Isa Isa was the son of Maryam and he was a prophet, and to accept. And if he doesn't accept, then the people's uh, um, you know, uh, uh, the people's uh, sin will be upon them, meaning that the fact that they, he, because of him not accepting, the others will not be able to accept also. So his response was that he testified and he swore that 
Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was the prophet, but and uh, uh, he accepted the letter and he placed it again. He he respected it and he wrote back to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam a letter. And now in his letter, he says that your your letter has reached me, and whatever that you've mentioned about Isa alaihissalam, that I swear that this is the truth and this is what he was sent with. And we've kept your, uh, uh, you know, companions before when the hijrat was done. And then he testified upon the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So he d- he sends out sixty uh, other Abyssinians uh, to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And this is also the time when the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he gave his uh, proposal for Umm Habiba. So this is the same uh, ruler and the same king. Um, as as they're going, what happens is their their uh, ship sinks, and those sixty individuals they they pass away, and later on, uh, even even the Najashi that of that time he passes away, and then another king, another Najashi takes over, and the Islam of this Najashi, the Prophet sallallahu sends him another letter and another uh, uh, invitation, and it's not. Uh, certain if this was the if he accepted Islam or not. So this was the letter to Abyssinia. Similarly, letters like this were given to the governor of Egypt and Alexandria, and you know um, the commonality again here was uh, uh, that these letters and these invitations were a call for them to accept Islam. And some of them they accepted, and some of them they didn't accept. So in the in these cases, in Egypt and Alexandria, these were they respected the Prophet sallallahu They respected his message, and you know they they wrote back to the Prophet sallallahu from Egypt. He wrote back that give me some time. In a nutshell, he said, give me some time to think about it, and then he sent the Prophet sallallahu some gifts. He sent him Maria Qibtiya and uh, uh, another maiden. And later on the Prophet ﷺ had a son from Maria radiallahu ta'ala anha. And uh, this was, you know, the interaction. And then there is the governor of Bahrain that the letter was sent to. And his response was that, uh, uh, I have thought about it and I have deliberated uh, over your religion. And I find that this is the deen of the Akhirah. Meaning this is the deen that tells me of um, what is coming in the hereafter. So he accepted the call of Islam. And he asked the Prophet wasallam that there's, there's some Jews and Zoroastrians that are in our country. What should I do? So the Prophet wasallam sent him instructions about you know giving the jizya tax. Which is a tax for protection that the non-Muslims would give to the Muslim rulers. And similarly is the case for the rulers of Oman, the two brothers. They uh, uh, spoke about Islam and they, the, the, their invitation was given and they both accepted and they uh, uh, allied themselves with the Muslims. Um, and then, you know, one, one uh, letter, the letter of, to the chief of Yamama, which was not taken in the same sense, which was not taken in the uh, uh, way that the other ones took. What he did is, um, he he told the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam 
when he got the letter, he replied back to the Prophet Wasallam saying that um, if you make me a governor and give me some kind of possession in your kingdom, then I'll accept your message. So the Prophet Wasallam he said, even if you requested a, a single span of land, I will not, I, I will refuse. Him and his country are destroyed. Meaning that this is not the invitation for the worldly gains. This is not something that a person is trying to get uh, some kind of uh, wealth. Right? This is the uh, call for Islam. And then finally, another one was, uh, the last one that we're going to speak about is the letter that was given to the governor of the ruler of Damascus. And when he read the letter, he got angry and he was in rage. And he threw the letter and he commanded uh, you know, his army or group to go and kind of uh, fight against the Muslims. But... The incident is, is because his uh, emperor, which was the emperor of Rome at that time, um, he didn't allow this. He went and asked his uh, permission. And when, when the, the, rule, the governor asked the permission of the emperor, he didn't allow this. And he didn't say that uh, he can go and fight the Muslims. So the Prophet wasallam, when he found out that... Uh, this whole incident has happened and he threw the letter of the Prophet wasallam, and he was angry and this and that. Then uh, the Prophet wasallam, he remarked and he said that his country is destroyed. And that was exactly what happened uh, um, that later on as the future events took place, whoever didn't accept and whoever kind of uh, were stubborn against the Prophet wasallam, they had no choice and they had no uh, way of uh, any other refuge that they had to go except to Islam. Accept Islam. Because in a few years, remember, the letters didn't just take, you know, like how we have email or letters now. You know, they would spend uh, months traveling back and forth and getting a response. Some of them even took years. So these were long, long letters. And these letters that we spoke about right now, all the scholars, they know that these letters went out after the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. So now we can see just from a, a, a aspect of, you know, you know, you can say a political aspect from when the time of Treaty of Hudaybiyah took place, the outreach of the Prophet ﷺ, now there is peace and there's nobody uh, uh, having skirmishes or battles or anything. Now there's peace. So the Prophet ﷺ sends all of these letters and all of these invitations to everybody. So now the lessons that we can take from just this one period, this one period of uh, the story of the Prophet ﷺ is the da'wah of the Prophet ﷺ the uslub and the method that he used to give this da'wah. And not only that, the zeal and the, you know, what you call the enthusiasm of the Prophet ﷺ that every single person should accept Islam. And he was, he was not a messenger for just the Arabs. And he, in one hadith, he, he mentions uh, that he was sent to kafat al-linnas for all of the people. And he was a mercy for all of those people. So the, the idea was in the beginning, or at least in the first stages, we see the da'wah was from the uh, close family members. Then they moved to the relatives. Then they moved to those around uh, the Prophet ﷺ, meaning the neighboring cities, the neighboring tribes. And when the opportunity was right, then it came to everybody around them and everybody uh, uh, around the Arabian Peninsula. Every major kingdom or tribe was given the invitation of Islam. So similarly, the lesson that we take is when 
you know, there's two types of da'wah. There's the da'wah that we have to kind of remind our own brothers and sisters about Islam and what is deen and if we're practicing deen or not. And then there is the da'wah of uh, showing what is Islam to the ones that don't believe and don't have faith. So when we look at the, the invitations of the Prophet ﷺ, our first responsibility comes to those that are around us and the ones that are Muslim, but you know, they're not practicing or they forget. And after that, it has to kind of expand outwardly. You know, just as the Prophet ﷺ, every single kingdom and every single uh, major people were given this invitation. And, you know, uh, uh, you know, one thing that I didn't mention is when uh, the, by Western thought, people think that the uh, uh, Persian and the Eastern Roman Empire, these were great empires. And they stayed for like, you know, 1500 years and this and that. So when the Prophet Sallallahu giving these letters to Hiraqal and to the uh, Kisra of uh, Persia, this is something that is, you know, uh, Abu Sufyan, he remarks and he says that when, when, the, uh, uh, per, uh, when the Roman Emperor, when he read the Prophet ﷺ letter to the people, they started having a, 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 you know, outcry and saying, what is this? And, you know, they started having this kind of feelings against Islam. And at that time, they rushed the, the Arabs, the Abu Sufyan and his uh, people out of the room and the one remark that he makes is that the small uh, da'wah and invitation of Muhammad that started from a small place at humble beginnings is now shaking the Roman Empire. It's shaking the uh, emperor and is, 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 you know, creating a change in the people. So the one, another lesson that we take is this, the, the da'wah that we give. We may think that something of Islam is very, uh, in, not insignificant, but something that we're used to. Something that we already know. Something that we take for granted. But when we share it with somebody else and we kind of tell others about it, it's some, it's, it shakes the person. It shakes the change within them. And they, they, they realize because not everybody has what we have. Not everybody has what the teachings and the hikmats and the wisdoms that Islam has. So when, when we share it, because we know it for every day and day out, this is prayer, this is fasting, this is the reason why we're doing what we're doing, this is our belief. And we don't value it so much, but when we share it and we show it to others, then that's when, when people find out that this is the true religion, this is what the real life is. And everybody's looking for that truth. And that's only going to come when we start expanding and start sharing our deen and inviting others towards Islam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to understand this. Inshallah, the next part, the next uh, seventh year of Hijrah. Right now, we've kind of finished the events that took place in the sixth year of Hijrah. Inshallah, tomorrow we'll be continuing uh, into the seventh year, which is the Battle of Khaybar. Right? So, if we remember uh, um, the Jewish tribe of Nadir and some of the other ones that were uh, exiled, they started gathering into Khaybar. And now we'll see the events that took place and the Battle of Khaybar, inshallah, tomorrow. Uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to understand this. Wa akhru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wassalamun ala al